Good evening. Today we're learning Maseches Kedushin Daf Kaches, and we're starting about eight lines down at the word Adhechan Gilgul Shvua. We spent some time yesterday speaking about the halachic sources of how we know the Gilgul Shvua works. As a Chazara, Gilgul Shvua is when an area where we don't normally allow or obligate someone to give a Shvua is wrapped up in another area where we do allow for a shua to be made. And the Gemara now says on Kavches Madalif, about eight lines down, Ad Heichan Gilgul Shvua. To this, the Gemara says, Amar of Yehuda Amar Rab, even to the following case scenario. To Amar Le, if a man says that through Gilgul Shvua, I want it to be the case that Hayishav Ali, She'en Avdi Atta, I want you to make a neder that you're not my Eved which really is not a normal shua to, that's not a halachic shua, but meaning even as far as things like this, which are totally out of left field, where there is no footing to make a shua, that's how far Gilgal shua goes. In other words, Gilgal shua goes very far. The Gemara says that cannot be the case because a third of the way down on Kavches Aleph, the Gemara says, no, Hahu, if somebody says that comment to you that may, that you might be my Eved, shamute that person gets put into cherem. By the way, the next time we choose to call someone a mamzer, we should be careful because of this Mishnah. It says the Tanya, but it's actually a Mishnah, Ditnan. The Mishnah writes, If a person calls his friend an Eved, they are put into excommunication, into Cherem. Mamzer, if you call your friend a mamzer, Wow, you get Malkos for calling someone a mamzer. Now, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it means the colloquialism of or if you're actually accusing them of being a halachic mamzer. I presume it's the latter and not the prior. But nevertheless, we should try to avoid this type of language, hypersensitivity during uh, wow. during, the, during the, the prep time for Rosh Hashanah. And Rasha, if you call someone a Rasha, then Yorid Imolachai Rashi says over here that the guy who you call a Rasha is allowed to proactively ruin your parnosa, which is uh, it's not, it's not a Pasha Razach. That's what Rashi says, four lines into the wide lines. He's even allowed to interfere with his parnasa and to become a competitor of his. That's incredible. That, that, what? If I call you a Russia, then you can actively ruin my parnasa. But it says, it's, well, it's not it's not business unless well, that's how Sagas Gvul. Those are Psukim and Chumash about right. that. No, but when I started as a mole as a mole in town, somebody knocked on my door basically, and they're like, Hasagas Gvul. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the sugya. So I picked up the phone, I called everybody first. He's like, that's not correct. I'm like, okay. That was the end of that conversation. So you're right. Here there are halachic premiers. Normally for me to ruin your parnasa is a major halachic issue. Yeah, that might be a so I guess. I don't even know that we have enough malam in Chicago right now. No, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm Yo, if you want to get in, I'll train you. <laughs> I, I might charge you forty-five to fifty thousand dollars to get trained. No, but okay. uh, I noticed that Shalom has more gray hair than I do, and that's yeah. the piece of shot. Yeah, yeah. I told you that's what that's what my brother said. Every gray hair is a bris that I've done. Yeah. I said Hashem should bench me that I should do so many brisim because my children have highlighted how much gray hair I have. Okay. Anyways, that's what happens if we uh, call call people by names, and again, it doesn't mean this. 
badgering with name calling. It's really being accusatory in a halachic way. You are a Russia, if in fact they aren't a Russia. You are a mamzer, if in fact they aren't a mamzer. So says the Gemara, it then cannot be the case. We asked our question, even to the point of saying, make me a promise that you're not my Ebed. You can't say that to someone. So therefore says the Gemara, that you weren't sold to me as an Ebed Ivri. A little bit of a different language, not that you are, but that you weren't sold to me, a halachic uh, mechanism of. So says the Gemara, that's a great, that's a great shvua. If in fact it's true that, that, that you might be my Evid, I'm allowed to bring that in as Gilgal shvua. 100% I should do that because I don't know if you work for me or not. I'm allowed to ask that question and I can be Megalgil that into a shvua. So if that's the case, that it's a Ta'anasa Ma'al Yossi, then what's the Chiddush? Then that's not a very far reach of Gilgal shvua. That's a very reasonable case of Gilgal shvua. Says the Gemara, the Gemara after all, Mamona Isle Gabe. That guy works for me. He generates money for me. He's mine. He's my property. So says the Gemara, the reason why this is still a good shvu, according to Rava, because Rava the time, Rava, Eved Ivri Gufo Kanui. His whole body uh, actually belongs to him. It's not regular mominous. And in fact, uh, Rashi has a language over here. Rashi says, Gufo um, Kanui, uh, about 10 lines into the wide lines. Ve'ena Tainas Metaltalin. It's not a regular case of Tainas Metaltalin. So says the Gemara, okay, if it's not a regular case of Metaltalin, Hainu Karka, in which case, of course you should be able to make a Shavua. And therefore, it doesn't seem like Gilgul Shua has such a far reach. The Gemara responds, it could be that when a person buys a piece of property, you don't know about it. That's very possible. In fact, you purchased it and nobody would know. But hi, in regards to an Ebed Ivri, that everybody knows. If in fact you'd purchase someone, perhaps we'd say that there is a call in that case. That even in a case of the Karka, we would still say that you are allowed to be Megal Galbat case of Shua, even though it's Betzina, so it is a little bit more of a Chiddush case. Fine. <laughs> that brings us to the next Mishnah, which is toward the bottom of Kav Chesamad Aleph. From here we're going to be discussing the halachic aspects of Chalipin. We've mentioned them a number of times. Chalipin is also known as a Kenyan Sudar, the Kenyan of a handkerchief, which was typically what was used. Nowadays we often use a pen or pretty much anything else. And here the Mishnah is going to start with a complex case. What if you do Chalipin with a coin. You're not purchasing anything, but you take a quarter out of your pocket and you say to the chassan, if you're the Masada Kedushan, raise up this quarter. It's a little bit, uh, it's confusing. Is it money for Kenyan or is it being used as part of the Kenyan Chalip in this replacement ceremony in order to make a Kenyan? So it says the Gemara, whenever you use money for Chalipin, once the person picks up the coin, then uh, then he then earns whatever was the chalipin of that item. So let's say I'm giving you a cow bechalipin. So if I give you a quarter, you pick up that quarter, then instantly, instantly the cow becomes the other person's cow. Ketzad. The Gemara says Ketzad, and the Ketzad doesn't really fit well with the ratio. We'll see this in the Gemara. shor bepara, bishor. Let's say you and I are trading animals. Once the Kenyan works, once the Kenyan Sudar works, so then if I'm going to buy the, if I'm going to keep the shore and you're going to get the para, or I'm going to get the chamor and you're going to get the shore, the transaction is finalized on the spot. Okay, we'll analyze this in a minute. Says the Gemara, Chalipin in our Mishnah, what was the case of Chalipin? It seems to be that it was Matbeah. 
That's a very big problem. Now, we won't know yet that this is a problem because we haven't learned Masechah's Baba Metziah. But the Gemara says, Shema Minah, what's implied from our Mishnah, if we say that we're talking about a Matbeah, is Matbeah Naseh Chalipen, that a coin can be used for a Chalipen. That was what we implied in our Mishnah. But if you look at Rashi, four lines before the bottom of the page, it says, Shema Minah Kaimlan We learn in, parak, Baba, in, in that parak in Baba Metziah, to ain Matbeah Naseh Chalipen. So we have a stira, seemingly, in the question in the Havimin of our Gemara, there's an implication of our Mishnah that a coin can be used for Khalifin, yet the Gemara in Baba Metziah says that no, it can't. So which one is it? So says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, it's not really that you're doing it with money. It's called Hanishum Damin Ba'achar. Whenever there's a financial equation between two things during this moment, then top of In other words, if I have to make a comparison of price, then um, uh, I'm I'm buying your donkey and we're trading it for my cow. So we're going to make sure that they're shove it, shove it. I'm going to look at the black market for how much cows cost. You're going to look at the black market for how much these things, whatever. We're going to make a real comparison. My two younger children tonight were bartering a $5 bill for about a golf ball size worth of slime. Right? <laughs> this was the bartering that was happening at my dining room table this afternoon. And my son, who's five, bless his heart, thought that the slime was worth $5. I'm like, we got to talk. This is not acceptable. My daughter, who is nine, loved this deal. She took the $5 bill, was running around the house like a happy kid. So I I called uh, I called the uh, sour apples and sour grapes. What? It all belongs to me. That's the truth. But uh, I didn't care. Yeah, seriously. But I, just for chinuch purposes, I wasn't uh, wasn't acceptable. So I made my daughter give back the $5 bill. And then my son uh, gave back the five. So let's say over here in our mission, that's what we're talking about. When we're making a measure, if you're going to get the donkey and I'm going to get the cow, because we're going to be doing things bid- Dumim, that's what our mission is talking about. It's not a Kenyan with a Matbeah. It's when we're dealing with Dumim and says the Gemara, Dekanami, I can prove it to you. Says the Gemara, Dekatani, what did we say in our Mishnah? Ketzad, what was the example of our Mishnah? Of Hechlich Shor Bepara Ochomer Beshor. Shmamino. What did we not see over here? We didn't see, I'm picking up a coin and you get the cow. We're switching a cow for a donkey. So it's not me picking up a coin and you get one item out of the deal. We're literally trading. And that makes much more sense with this answer of our Mishnah is not talking about where you do Chalipin with a coin, but rather you're doing you're doing Chalipin between two things where we're trying to figure out the Dhamim, the financial value of each of them. And that is why we don't have a problem with the Gemara and Baba Metziah. The Gemara and Baba Metziah taught us that you can't do Chalipin with a coin. Over here we're saying that's correct. You cannot do Chalipin with a coin. I mean, we're masking. When the Mishnah says Damim, it was talking about the Damim of each animal that we were weighing them, we were evaluating them, whatever the case may be. So it says the Gemara, okay. That which we initially thought, that we were doing Chalipin with a coin. My Ketzad. Ah. According to the Havamina of the Gemara, and the Gemara embraced this Havamina because we said, but, but then what was the Ketzad? The Ketzad only makes sense when you're trading a shore and a Chamor, not when you're doing Chalipin over here with a coin to give you an animal. It has to be two animals are being traded. So how did they then understand the Mishnah? So it says the Gemara, my Ketzad, the Gemara says on Kavchesim and Beis, four lines down, and we'll be going to the Mishnah on the top of Chavtes The Gemara says, "My Ketzad, Peros Nami Avde Chalipin." Over here, the Gemara is saying that what we meant by Matbeya was not a coin by itself. It just means things that are non-Kalim, fruits. You're allowed to do Chalipin on things that are non-Kalim. 
a Kenyan sudar is with something that has a function. It has a use to it. Peros don't have a function in regards to, I mean, you can eat them, but they don't other, otherwise have a function. And says the Gemara, that's what is meant over here to broaden what can be used for a chalipa, not just kalim, but even mm-hmm. peros and even other things. Ketzad. What then is the ketzad? Hechlif b'shor. Hechlif basar shor b'para. O basar chamor b'shor. And over here, what we're saying is that we can use part animal parts. I can sell you a shoulder roast for a donkey animal, whatever I can do that. That's all considered acceptable. So says the Gemara, that's a cute answer. It, it kind of works a little bit, but not for everybody. Hanicha, I can understand your answer for the Havamina. Remember, our Havamina was that our Mishnah was talking about a coin being used for Chalipin. And we said that the Havamina was that it meant to broaden what Chalipin can be used for. Not just a Kli, but even Peros. Says the Gemara, Hanicha of Sheshes to Amar Peros Abde Chalipin. That you can use fruit, namely that you can use non kalim for Chalipin. According to Rav Nachman, who says that Peros are not Avde Chalipin, we're back to our question of what in the world was the Havamin of our Gemara that it ever could have been Peros, that it ever could have been Amatbea. So says the Gemara, Hachi Kamar, Yesh Damim Shehein Kechalipin. There are times that monies function as Chalipin. How so? Ketzad. And really, this is the right way to under- this would be what the Havamin of our Mishnah would have been. We don't hold this way, but the Havamina would have been that Hechliv, we're a third of the way down in Kavchesim and Amidbeis. Hechliv Dmei Shor Bipara. I'm giving you, this is our trade, the cost of a, of a cow for a cow. O Dmei Chamor Bishor, or the cost of a donkey for a shore. It's an it's not a normal trade. I'm not paying you. What, I'm, not, I'm not looking at the black market and saying, you're selling me a cow. Cows are worth $1,200. Here you go. I'm trading you the value of a bull for a cow or a chamor for a or whatever. I'm, I'm tr- the values are weird. It's a very odd case. And says the Gemara that that case may actually work to explain the Havamina. My time up. Why would this work? Says the Gemara, because perhaps that really Medina money is what generates a transaction and all of the other things are afterthoughts. Meshicha, all of that stuff is afterthoughts. So says the Gemara, according to Rav Yochanan, who says that Davar Torah Maos or Konos, then Umatam Amru Meshicha Kona. Why is it that we have Mishnayas and we've learned them over Shabbos? Why do we say the Meshicha works? So says the Gemara that really Meshicha was a protective measure. What was it a protective measure for? Let's say that you and I make a transaction right here in Shul. I give you $500 for something that's in your attic. Mida Oraisa, our Kenyan is done. I own what's in your attic. But then, Rahman al-Islam, there's a damage, there's a fire, there's a leak, whatever, and everything in the attic gets ruined. So says the Gemara, why do we need Mashiach? Very important line for halachic purposes throughout Shas. Gzeira, the reason we need Mashiach is because of Gzeira. Shema Yomarlo, Nisrafu Chitcha, Ve'aliyah. I already paid you. you I, I, I've already paid you. And now I want to collect from you. You say, sorry. I'm really sorry. There was water damage. Everything got ruined. So in order to avoid that from happening, and that's not an uncommon occurrence where uh, something can get damaged after purchase, that's why we have the opportunity to send things through the mail with insurance, and we do it all the time. Why? Because stuff happens. It's part of life. It's not common, but it's common enough. So therefore, because uh, without Mashiach, there could be the case where I buy something from you, and between the time that I buy it and the time that I collect it, it could have gotten damaged. Therefore, the Chachamim instituted that Mashiach has to take place by Kenyanim. 
And therefore, in such a case, this is common, where I buy something from you and it gets damaged before I pick it up. But the, the oddball case of that we saw above, but milsa de loshriach lo gazer be rabbanon. There, in that case, there was no gzer de rabbanon because the case is a very, very, very odd case. Fine. So we understand that. But this leads to um, another issue. The sugi is going to be megalgel a little bit halfway down. Well, the reish lakish amra meshicha mefurashes mina Torah. Reish lakish and Rav Yochanan have a fundamental machlokas about meshicha. According to Rav Yochanan, meshicha is always derabanan, as we just described, to prevent a case scenario where I buy something from you today, but I don't pick it up till tomorrow, and it gets ruined in the meantime. But with the reish lakish who says the meshicha is mefurashes mina Torah, then I could understand our mishnah hanicha yisavar lakar of sheishes tamer perasav dechalipet. The only way that Rav Yoch that reish lakish who holds that meshicha is midoraisa can make sense is if he agreed with Rav Sheish. That Paris or Abde Chalipin. That makes perfect sense because at least he has a way to understand our Mishnah. Then Mitar is Kirav Sheshes. He can answer our question about what the Havamin of our Gemara was to by saying like Rav Sheshes. But according to Reish Lakish, if you were to say like Rav Nachman, that Peros are not Abde Chalipin, and then Matbeya Lokani, and you can't use a coin like our Gemara Paskin and Bav Metziah, then my Mukila. There would be no way to understand the Gemara according to Reish Lakish. So therefore, the Gemara says that it must be that Reish Lakish holds like Rav Sheshes, as the Mishnah concludes, that we are able to use non-Kli items for the sake of Chalipin. Mm-hmm. This Gemara is, uh, it's not so hard. It does require a little time to absorb the pieces. It does. A quick Chazar, I think everything would click into place if it hasn't already. But that's what the, what the Gemara concludes. We have multiple layers of Machlokas, Machlokas about Meshicha, and in particular about our Mishnah, we don't allow, according to everyone in the conclusion, for a Matbeah, for a coin to be used for a Chalipin. Very good. Next Mishnah, this Mishnah, we're going to go Mishnah to Mishnah here as well. Rishos HaGavoa Bekesev, the rishus of the gavoa, when monies uh, become the property of the gavoa of the base of mikdash, can be done with money. Or But when there's uh, something that's going to change rishuyos for a hedyot, for me or you, we're non gavoa people. We don't work for the base of mikdash. That's done bechazaka. And amira the gavoa Your amira, as it relates to the base of mikdash, is the same as our mesira as a hedyot to anybody else. So therefore, if I say something today, I want to give X to the Beis HaMikdash, done, done. But if I say that to you as a friend, as a hedyot, not done. By the Beis HaMikdash, Amira is sufficient. My Amira by the Beis HaMikdash is like my Mesira, my handing it over to you as a hedyot. Let's learn a brisa that is a perfect match, a correlate to the Mishnah that we just learned. At the bottom, five lines from the bottom of Kav Chesim and Beis. How does it work in regards to changing Rishuyos for Gvoa, for the Beis HaMikdash? Gizbar, Shinas and Maos If a Gizbar gives money for an animal, I feel Olam Kana. The Gizbar who's using the money of the Beis HaMikdash, if he drops money on, a, on, a, on a, an animal anywhere in the world, it's instantly Niknet, because Rishus Gvoa is very powerful. But if I'm purchasing it privately, not as a gizbar of the Beis HaMikdash, I'm a regular guy, and I buy cows for a living. So says the Gemara, lo yimshoch, we, need a, we need a Kenyan Meshicha. There's a huge difference in power between the purchasing of someone who is the gizbar for the Beis HaMikdash and a hedyo. What he does is very simple. It's very efficient. He drops money. The conversation's over, or Amira done. But by a hedyo, 
by regular people, we have a much higher threshold of kinyanim, and that is that we have to make sure that there is Mashiach. And says the Gemara, three lines from the bottom, analyzing the last line of, the, of our Mishnah, here in the Brisa, it says, what does it mean when we say that when someone for the Gavoa speaks, it's as though I'm handing something over to you in the non Besamikdash realm? Haomer Shor Ola that if someone who's representing the Beis HaMikdash, he's the Gizbar, he's the treasurer, and he says, this shore that I'm look that I'm pointing to is an Ola, this house that I'm pointing to is Hektish, doesn't matter where it is, even if I'm not pointing to it, even if I give an address, 123 Main Street, doesn't matter, Halacha is, it's Hektish, it's done. Transaction's over. However, Behediot, Lo Kana, turning to the top of Chav Tesvet Aleph, Ad Yimshoch Ve Yachzik. Why the double language of Yimshoch ve Yachzik? I understand Yimshoch, and I understand Yachzik for different things. That's what Rashi highlights. Ache Yimshoch, if we're talking about a shore, and Ache Yachzik, when we're talking about a bias. He doesn't mean that we have a double need for Kenyan. He's just parsing out Rashi. He's just highlighting what the Gemara means, that it depends what we're being Kone. By a shore, we're Kone a shore b'meshicha, and we're Kone a bias b'chazaka. Now let's talk about some changes in the market. The Gemara says on the top of Chavtes Aleph, let's say that I wanted to buy something from the Beis HaMikdash and its cost was a mana. I agreed to pay that much. I didn't get to pay yet. So I'm bartering with the Gizbar, whatever the case may be. I want to buy something. And I say, I want to pay 200. And then before I get to pay, the market doubles. Says the Gemara, the halacha is no same masayim. You have to give the new amount. Why? My time. Because you haven't given the money yet. Only once you give the money is the amount locked in. So sometimes we have these opportunities with locking in rates. Sometimes that's not the case here. Not with the Beis HaMikdash. Until money changes hands, the market wins. Mashchu b'masayim, if I was planning on getting something for 200, and then the price was then cut in half. The exact opposite case, no same masayim. Here too, you have to give 200. Why? The house always wins. My taima, lo koach hediot chamor mehektish. It's not reasonable for the market to be in the benefit against the uh, against the house. We don't ever let the base hamikdash lose. And therefore, because our conversation started at the 200 level, even if the market dropped to 100, I still have to pay the 200. What if pida obe masayim? What if I already paid 200? And then, below his pick lemoshko, I didn't end up doing mashicha yet. Acha amad bimonam. Oh, so now we're really getting close here. This is within the camp of, uh, of Rav Yochanan, who says that Mashiach is only a gzera. So let's say I give $200 for an item, but before I do Mashiach on the item, before I do Mashiach, the price cuts in half. The halacha is no sein masayim. You have to give more money, but it doesn't mean you have to give more money. It just means your 200 stays. It means you don't get any money back. You pay 200 and then the market dropped, and then you were about to do Mashiach. You're like, hey, wait, the market dropped. Like, yeah, your money's in the bank already, buddy. You're not getting any money back. Your 200 stays. No, it's just a, you're just purchasing something. It's not tzedakah money. This is not, this is not giving money. You're bartering. You're buying things here. So it's, uh, these are goods well, and services. Right, like a certain amount is for that. Does that's a Shailan post game? That's true, but that's not this. This is me just buying something. Oh, you're saying, oh no, no, because of the differential. No, no, no. Now I hear what you're saying. I misunderstood the first time. You're asking that if I paid you two hundred five minutes ago, the market just dropped, and really it's a hundred right now. But I haven't done mashicha yet, Mm -hmm. so we say you don't get any money back. So you're asking, is the extra hundred my sir? 
Right. So, no, no, because the reason why you don't get any money back is because the transaction already happened and the market value at that time was the go rate. The fact that it's lower now to just what the way the world turns. You know, you uh, you buy, you drive a car off the lot and you want to sell it. Okay, you lost $15,000. Just what it is. Just uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And what about the reverse? Eight lines down. Let's say that I already paid 100 and then and then between the time I dropped a hundred bucks and the time I did my Mashiach, it went up to hundred. Stays the same. The market was determined already. You already paid at that time. Nothing changes. My, uh, am I? Why is this? Here too, we should be able to say that the koach hediot is not more chamor mehektish. We have to make sure that whatever happened at that moment was correct. And says the Gemara, atu hediot la b'misha parakoi. In regards to a hediot, we should also be concerned about the curse of misha para. The curse of Misha Para is basically uh, you have to make sure that when you say that you're going to sell something at a certain price point that you stay that way. And if Hektish said, I'm selling it at 100 and you talk a paid at 100, the Beis HaMikdash cannot then go, oh, you got a Chapar, you got even No, that's not right. That's not Yashar. That's not Ehrlich and we don't do that. So we'll stop right here tomorrow night in Mirza Hashem Dav Chav Tes with a new Mishnah. Wishing you all a beautiful night.